Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Moonchild. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I like children. For breakfast? If you want to save our world, you must hurry. We don't know how much longer we can withstand the nothing. A hole would be something. No, no, it was nothing. Never give up, and good luck will find you. Confronted with their true selves, most men run away screaming. Away, nothing matters. I am the servant. Of the power behind the nothing. I am a child! Here we just sell small rectangular objects. They're called books. They require a little effort on your part and make no beep, 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 beeps. He doesn't realize he's already a part of the never ending story. Alright. Do you like super peppy songs at the start of your movie? That's what they decided to open with in this young person's film from 1984 fantasy film, The Neverending Story. Uh, at the time when this was developed and released, this was the uh, highest costing movie outside of Hollywood at the time. It's been exceeded, uh, I think... Um, uh, what's the spacey one? Fifth Element was another one that was non-US made, uh, but also had a, a big budget. I think that definitely superseded this, and there were probably others as well, but The NeverEnding Story. Ah, uh, these early 80s fantasy films, you can put them in the same bucket as Legend, The Dark Crystal. Uh, any other similar ones? Uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan, maybe? I don't know. Uh, where you get a lot of... Um, big ideas for movies that took place in the 80s and i gotta say that this one i saw when i was a super young person and it really really stuck out and captured captured me in a way that a lot of movies weren't doing uh at the time because some of the effects were pretty standout some of the character models and um just big ideas that they tried to pull off in this little movie made uh by directed and um screenplay by wolfgang peterson so he's getting into things early in his career here. Um, we could talk about some of the stars of this, like Noah Hathaway, Barrett Oliver, and some other names. You're not going to recognize too many people here, though, except for um, Gerald Lee McRaney, who played uh, in Deadwood the... Um, what were they? The Pinkerton. Not the Pinkertons. He was the head guy of the evil band. Yeah, I forget his name right now. He was a head Hirsch. Pinkerton. Oh, Hirsch. Hirsch. It was Hirsch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he is a really classical, great bad guy, uh, and Deadwood is just an amazing series. Don't watch the movie, but watch the first three seasons and then just be sad that it had to end like that. Yeah, never watch the movie. Um, this was made for about $25 million at the time, which is why that budget was so damn big, and Holy it brought back shit. $100 million plus. So this was a commercial success, uh, and it was... Widely regarded, I mean, on the uh, totally invalid and fucked up site Rotten Tomatoes, they give it 83%. Um, 
but I'm sure they didn't buy that back in the day. And uh, this maybe is a good place to start with this one is, uh, first of all, I want to hear your guys' background with this because one of you has experienced the other not so much. And is this one of those movies that is like doomed to not receive a great review from us because this is a kid's movie through and through and uh, doesn't spare much for the adult part of the audience. So let's start out with your backgrounds. What, what, what do you got going on with this movie history-wise? Are you a Falcor lover or did seeing Rockbiter freak you the fuck out for the first time? I saw this movie a lot growing up, but I can't remember the first time or anything. It's just one of those movies you see all the time. And I think it was on TV kind of frequently uh, later in replays. So see this all the time Falcor gets my jib up let me just say that he's a he's a feathery furry fella and uh i think he'd feel real nice on my yes thing. yes go on. go on i was i got lost i was looking for an f word that that was uh for dong but i cannot think of an f dong word so flonger flogger yeah foot long i don't know thing longer anyways watch this movie sometimes and always liked it uh it just was a fun movie with like an easy to go there was there was no um nothing required of you to watch this movie there's no like there's no effort or thinking required you can when watch was the this last with your time, brain right off when was the last time you saw it um 20 years ago no a few years ago i think i showed it to my daughter what did she think? Yeah, it didn't really stand out. I mean, she watched it that one time. It was like, yeah, that's fine. And then kind of nothing else. Hmm. This, I wonder, is this a more like a boy-focused story? Or I didn't really think about that as we were watching, but main character is a young boy. The The protagonist from the book is a young boy. Yeah, there's no strong female characters in this. Even the Empress is kind of like a, a withering leaf. A little bit, yeah. Go do it for me, and we need the human to save us. And I, like, what does she do? I guess she starts the mission. She's got tons of money, so she can finance the expedition. That's what she brings to the table. Yeah, she's the financier. That's it. I, I might have seen a couple of clips of this, and I've seen, I've obviously saw the the box of the VHS or posters, or, but I, I don't think I've ever seen this beginning to end until the other day when we watched it. This That's is so the crazy. first. This and that as an adult, crazy. it probably wasn't a good uh, time for, for for me to watch this from beginning to end because it is very, it is it is all very very much for children and stuff. So it's tough. It's yeah, really tough. But the, it, um, it 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 will not be a tough review because it's for kids because we've watched kid movies that it's work. just harder to relate yep. to it as an adult now because of the material oh, i agree with the, you i'm just saying it yeah to, to i mean if i would have had some nostalgia from childhood to because the, the thing about the nostalgia is it reminds you of what it felt like to watch a movie like goonies or something like that when you were a kid it was very different Oh, and I don't have that frame of reference, so I only am stuck with having to seen this in my 40s the, for the first time uh, two days ago. So that's not a great frame of reference for this film. Um, the <laughs> whole nothingness, the, the villain is really the nothingness, which I I found kind <laughs> of lazy as a writer. <laughs> I was like, it's just the nothingness is taking over. So like, 
And uh, there is a lot of those types of things in the story that seem like it was very lazy. Like they didn't come up with something unique or original. They just kind of. They just, they just they gave were, the whole world cancer. They just referred to Basically, it as nothing. They were like, whatever. what do we need to do? Well, they were like, world is cancer. What? Yeah, full blown AIDS, I mean. What? But they didn't oh. even call it. They didn't even come up with a clever name for what it was. Like the the ominous cloud or the whatever, the the black cloud. They instead of just called it the nothingness and that the nothingness took over the lands. And so, okay, I guess. It's an interesting but, it's an interesting concept to get your head wrapped around because Rockbiter at one point like starts drawing comparisons and like, oh, is it an empty lake? No, then there would be something. That would be something. This was a nothing, right? And then you're like, okay, that's weird. But then he's like, and then the nothing got bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, well, that nothing sounds like something now. Um, that was the and other another interesting point. Too, yeah. <laughs> is, well, if you is, think about if you think about space, right? If space was expanding, yeah. Right, just the black nothingness of space, the vacuum of space. Um, I mean, technically, I guess probably there's still always something there if you look at the the minuscule or minute element. But um, I think in that in that category, if it was just that happening, yeah. But even you know, space, I mean, maybe it's that's something. Makes sense. Once again, space is something they they keep referring to it as nothing. And well, but everything is so doing the nothing is doing things. So that's I what think that, he's that, just saying there's nothing doing it. It's just something is taking shit away. And there's nothing we can see. It's the nothing. It just feels very lazy. And like, I, I don't know you. if that's in the book. Is it in the well? Is this based on a oh, book? It is. Yes, it is. A book by yeah, the, Michael End. Yeah, yeah, this 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 or, movie is based on ending. the first half of the book, and then the Never Ending Story Two is based on the second half of the book. And I uh, can't say I would recommend Part Two to watch based on my memories of it from many years ago and some of the clips that we watched. It looks um, like a way other, better drug movie based off of the trailer we watched yesterday. Probably. Or the, um, other day. The, the, the one thing about the nothing though, that gets um, uh, uh, when Atreyu runs into Gamork, the wolf, he says he works or he's working for the power behind the nothing. And then yeah. I got like super confused. Cause I thought, you know, if you're just telling me that this world is being destroyed because people aren't using their imaginations and reading books much, then that's actually a fine concept to think of because it, it seems tangible in its intangibleness. It seems like if you were in a, a book character and your life was being narrated, the worst thing for you would be that no one's reading your book or that no one's dreaming up new books and worlds to, to, to exist. Um, so that could actually be something really scary. But then as soon as Gamork says he works for the power behind the nothing. Then I'm like, then what is it? Like this, there's a dark power pushing at things because part two does get into a uh, more uh, tangible antagonist in this crazy lady. Um, but that's not present here. It is really just like Gamork isn't even really a bad guy because while he is chasing and pushing things forward, he's more the ticking clock than a real tangible enemy because we don't know anything about it. Um, well, that's yeah, all we so, got then is ticking clocks. Yeah. That's all everything is in this is just a what it could this be a MacGuffin? Is that because it, it's basically just enough like a, a something just to push the plot? It kind well because at the end, right? Atreyu, uh, hang on. Well, let me make this point. At the end, Atreyu gets really pissed off at the Empress because he's like, "What? What the fuck did you send me out there for? If all we needed was Bastion and." Sh- and I get it, right? You needed to give Bastion a story to read so that he would engage with the never-ending story and then be sucked into the book in a mystical, magical way to have naughty, sexy times with the Empress. Um, 
but it's kind of MacGuffin-y in that his journey never really gets him anywhere except to make things happen that Bastion reads. Like, I guess it all is working towards something, but everyone tells him, go somewhere else. Just go somewhere else. Your whole go back to where you Gamora came from. Your is a very good point, actually, because if the nothingness is just the nothingness happening because no one's reading, then who are they? Who's Gamork working for? Fox? That's right. Yeah, who's who is the force behind the nothing? What is it? And it's like that's never even touched on in any other way. It seems like it's this amorphous thing, this nothing, right? Coming from people not reading books and there's only a few key people who are keeping it alive. Like I understand that, but I don't know who's understand uh, who's behind driving that destruction of the memories. Like and is that a real or or conceived thing in Fantasia? So it, it's just it, it it's a weird little it's one line in the movie that I don't think they meant much behind, but Gamork does talk way too much there, um, for my taste as well. Do you know what's so funny about that is that it, it is little things like that that people like. How many times do you think somebody looked at this script and looked at this movie and all that shit and just either snuck through or wasn't caught to be a big deal. It's amazing to think of, um, I I think maybe you get too close to it, you know? I I think that's probably what it is. Even when I was reading up on the description in that scene, they just, you know, they just say that Fantasia is the representation of human humanity's imagination. And so it has no boundaries. And, and when the hopes and dreams die, then Fantasia will die. I'm like, great concept. I work for the force behind the nothing. I'm like, what? Who is that? Why? Stop it. This movie um, also, for a kid's movie and an adventure movie, has a fucking ton of scenes that are explain-a-log. Just like him and the, him and the turtle, that goes on forever. It's all explain-a-log and sneezing. Him and the rock <laughs> have like a whole huge scene with explain-a-log. <laughs> There's another scene with The Rock and all the other guys. It's all explain log. Like, no one's doing anything. Like, at least in Goonies, like, they'll have a scene where they'll have some dialogue, but then they'll go do something. Other than, like, this guy flying on a dragon, and, uh, like, he doesn't even, like, it's a, it's a lot of explain log this movie. The, the thing yeah. is that this, this movie plays off Bastion like he did something. He did something that Stephen Hawking could have done without without any of his fucking science or math abilities. Do you know what I mean? All you had to do was say a name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fuck All stick. Right. So oh, okay, he saved have, the world. And oh. he doesn't even get the thing at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean like the dragon goes and gets it without him because he's gets hurt or he, he fell gets, off. Fell off. And then so he doesn't even get he doesn't do anything bastion's goddamn useless but that reminds me of something i wanted to ask you guys is the bookstore owner falcor huh i don't know there's a similarity hey there's a similarity same mustache (laughs) it's true kind of right and that guy pushed him to do it i'm 99 it's not his voice so that would have been a bit more apparent if that was the case yeah. I don't know. There are some things left unclosed at the end of this movie, which are kind of okay, but not. Um, and so let's just get into a little bit of what's behind this. We have a little boy named Bastion. His mom has died somewhat recently, and he's not handling it the best. So his dad does what any dad would do and tells him to man the fuck up and move on with his life. Um, and so he 
uh, is get also getting bullied heavily by kids who chuck him in garbage cans and then wait to chuck him in a second time. So when he's running away, he goes into a bookstore. There's a magic book man who tells him, don't, this book is not for you. So of course he wants the book. And as he takes the book and gets to school, uh, realizes he's late again, he just ends up going upstairs and reading this book and becoming a part of the book and discovering the world of Fantasia. Um, and can he save it is the thing. So, um, Bastion's character, the 80s were a bit of a different time because uh, Bastion's dad, yeah, is kind of a jerk at the start. <sighs> like he's he's stifling his imagination, his creativity. He's telling him like that it's basically he's not allowed to mourn for his mom anymore and he has to like get over it and man up is basically what he says. And he has some like real fears in life and he gets basically shamed for that, that by his dad that dad is a piece of shit and like when you first see him you're like oh major dad you're gonna be like a you know some kind of a positive thing here and and you just assume you know he's he looks like he's ready for work you assume he's gonna be like you know your mom's dad shit that really sucks i can't be here i gotta work and that's enough for me without the fucking uh like shit that he gets laid on him yeah. Because there's no fucking rescue for that for Bastion. No. But he gets to flip around on a luck dragon a little bit. Fucking, what's that? You know, he still goes home to sleep with his fucking horrible father. Yep. It's also his hard dad's to dad's probably relate. like, what are you, gay riding on a luck dragon? You get down here. It's hard to relate too because he, we just hear about his mom dying and that's it. And like, we don't understand their relationship how close he was with his mother, what his relationship was with his father. We don't know nothing. I hate when they do that. Like if you would have had flashbacks of him and his mom and like what their relationship was before she died or something, that would be something like even in like guardians of the galaxy, they show like his mother dying and then like her wanting to hold his hand. And then he like runs away cause he's scared you need something like that. You just can't have major dad say, oh, your mom died. Okay, so anyways, that's why you're such a fucked up little kid. I got to go to work. <laughs> that's not good writing. That's terrible writing. It's awful well, you think writing. Well, you think <clears throat> they would have added more like useful visual scenes than that because there's a lot of traveling in this movie and taking a break to eat with the horse and then more traveling and different scenery oh, and then God, flying on yeah. a dragon somewhere. Where are we going? I don't know, but we're going and then go in here and then go in there. So in the first little bit, the first 40 minutes almost are like sort of moving with some slight hiccups. But then the second half of this movie is just like this really long slog. Um, it's because they do these really um, long drawn out ways of bringing us the scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything is like a, like a slow pan or a slow uh, zoom, right? Yeah. And then like this music and it's like everything is is I don't know, it's like emphasized that way, but I can't say that I enjoy it and or well, that I think it's 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 effective. It's a waste of my time. So is, an example yeah. is when they're flying in space somehow and he makes the mi- the wish on the Orin <laughs> that he could find the ivory tower and then it's like Right, and it starts going off, and I'm like, "Cool, the ivory tower." But then it's seriously sixty to ninety seconds of them flying in closer and closer, and looking down at the tower, and then at the upper level of the tower, and then closer, and then we're coming in, and then closer. I'm like, "What the fuck?" 
We're there. We saw it. Just get inside. I can guess at how you got in there. You probably flew in and you didn't just like turn into a banana and then appear on the deck, right? It wasn't that interesting to watch. So don't show me. I don't give a fuck. The banana move. All of yeah. the traveling was like that. The riding the horse was like that. Yeah. Flying on the dragon every time he did it through the mountains and stuff was like that. It would just, it would be like a whole song of him flying on the dragon. Like yeah. two, three minutes. And it's just like, what the fuck? And it doesn't, <laughs> once again, it doesn't look, it doesn't look good. But at the same time, I've seen way worse. This yeah. movie's special effects are like not its problem. Like they're, no, they're, they're, ground, above they were average. groundbreaking yeah. at the time. They, and, and, okay. and some of them still hold up. The, the Most of the creatures yeah, actually, still would hold up today yeah, in a movie. Goddamn like not Falcor. They couldn't make no. him worse. The way that he goes, I like children or whatever he says. And then he's like, Ooh, uh, <laughs> the wolf, whatever. The wolf and, and then he Falcor. scratches his ass and he winks at him after he was passed out. Like all these things we were commenting on. And then the way his lip, like Falcor is, is ganky and they made his character rapey. Yeah, they did. Make <laughs> he's a little bit rapey. And the wolf he's like, is you like, can trust the wolf me, is wink. like a total I'm a luck Disney. dragon. The wolf is like a shitty, a shitty old ride at Walt Disney animatronic wolf. Yeah, like, yeah. They like rejected at Walt Disneyland, and these guys fucking like bought the it. Chuck E. Cheese dumpster specials. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. That and that wolf is pointless. Like I remember the whole scene with the wolf, and like none of that, nothing that was meaningless. This movie is an no. hour and thirty-five minutes, and it feels like goddamn two and a half. So, like, this is another movie could be an hour long. When's the last time you saw a movie where the, the, the bad guy and the good guy have a five minute talk and a one second battle? When's yeah, that, the that was the other thing too. <laughs> what was the battle ending again? It just the wolf jumps at him and Atreyu happens and to pick up a perfectly knife daggered shaped thing and just uses his weight against Which looks him. looks like it was wrapped in tinfoil. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Ip Man? Yeah, maybe Ip Man. Ip Man there's talking and then he just dismantles everybody. Yeah. That's played off for humor though at least. So Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. We got to find a movie <laughs> yeah. here like like what what we've we've been running into some real stinkers lately. I don't think I can't remember the last time anything held up. The problem with this was like you said Colin, um you fucking hit the nail on the head. It's this movie requires nostalgia at this point yeah. right it's i mean there's still something of the heart here that i think movies nowadays could benefit from um there is a soul in this movie but it just doesn't it's not enough for the movie because there is all that wasted time like you give us a fine story you give us a weak fucking like bad guy and all that shit basically by just saying the nothing and no one's reading and bastion's <laughs> kind of shit and his whole story's kind of shit so maybe i take it back maybe this is well, a page one rewrite like getting over being that bullied and be. like that that kind of stuff getting over and finding your confidence and all that stuff like i i do like those elements of the story still as a kid it was like a little bit there's more messages stuff. for so like sure the, some of the themes here do do land pretty well and i like the idea that there's a book that is about uh the world and the book and the whole dream world is dying and uh, it's because people aren't using their imagination as much um and then some someone has to come along and bring that creativity back it's like elf mixed with um oh jesus i don't know something else where you have to bring something back 
<laughs> elf like the elf from the old days that used to eat cats? No, elf where they have to like the the the, the sled can't um, fly unless everyone believes in Christmas. Oh Jesus Christ! Yes, of course. <laughs> so that kind of thing, right? So I like that idea. I just think like even if the menacing thing was like that, nothing was coming to get. It was like the edge of the world was coming at us, and it's always getting smaller, like a battle royale. And it's going to squeeze us all in the middle. Like, that's fine because it's all linked to human imagination. It's just like every other <laughs> bit around this that kind of falls short. It's the how the journey on how we get there just, just completely fell way flatter than I thought it would this time. It wasn't full of as much excitement. Like, uh, it, it's devastating when Artax dies in the swamp, right? Like, you, you really get it's that devastating thing. to even imagine the horse in real yeah. life doing that scene because it looks scared as fuck. Yeah, they trained those horses for like months to do that scene, which is crazy. And then what? They're just like, okay, and you never have to do that again, horse. And the horse is like, but I'm PTSD'd for sure. No, that's the that's what yeah, they for basically sure. horses said are on smart, that, man. that little making we watched. They said that the horse, the way that they did the horse drowning, that that horse definitely thought, and the way the kid was acting, that horse definitely thought they were drowning it, and it was going to get tell, drowned man. in that mud. And and they're like so excited about that. And I was like. You tortured an animal is what you did. You yeah. you tortured an animal for months. Like you guys are pieces of shit. Like yeah, that's fuck a tough you. one. It's you awful. you yeah. fucking you do all that shitty <laughs> animatronics everywhere else. Just give me an animatronic horse head. I bet you it would have looked decent actually. Better than yeah, everything else probably. looked fine. <clears throat> but they basically like fucked with that horse. And just to get one sh- one scene in a movie, it's yeah, so I mean it is weird. it is kind of tough to watch because you do watch the horse, like it looks its like face, it's distressed. Its face, it looks terrified. Yeah. I think I don't know why I didn't think of this until now, uh, but um, I hadn't really thought of how um, uh, closely some of the parts of the story might lead to that South Park episode of Imagination Land where all the imaginary oh. creatures are in there and then there's the war with the good and the bad and it made me uh, laugh thinking about this because Bastion's basically going to recreate Fantasia on his own and when that kid hits puberty there's going to be some pretty nasty imaginary creatures in that world. All right, let's move on. Um, just, so, <laughs> just, sorry, di- digesting it, you know? Like, I'm, digesting. I'm just really shocked at how little there is here. They introduced us to a bunch of funny, kooky characters that kind of reminded me a little bit of Alice in Wonderland. And, um, oh, and like the snail guy people. looks just like him. Yeah, like and, the just kind of, and then the rock guy and stuff, and the and the guy on the bat. But then they like they like all they all have like a explain log scene that goes on for too long, and then they all like go. They're gonna go somewhere. And then, like, you never see those guys again. And then you just see the rock guy. And he's like, oh, I lost them and my big hands or whatever. And he, like, won't stop talking about his hands. His hands, and how his hands are so awesome. And then uh, we, there's that really funny... There's that really funny... Uh, there's that really funny um, robot chicken bit where, where he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. if you keep talking about how good your hands are, I'm going to start thinking you did it on purpose. Yeah, um, which was really <laughs> funny. Um, but like, they doth protest much too much. I think <laughs> yeah. I was just surprised how little uh, characters and story there was here. The nothingness is the bad guy, other than the shitty wolf and 
and like it's just there's there's just not much of a story like honestly like this kid's imagination is shit like it's a shitty other than the characters maybe it's a shitty imagination the world is not well, that great it's like swamp there's either swamp or clouds like there's like <laughs> fucking nothing to it there's nothing then there's a castle or something but like there's no real locations other than like three in this in the yeah, fantasy the, world it's like swamp land nothing that stands the crystal out. palace it's yeah, just like the they did a Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, how many yeah. biomes can we put in a movie? We gotta have winter, swampy, forest, desert. No, but Star Wars had like just the first Star Wars alone had like tons of locations, including the Death Star, which was like was this huge, massive place <laughs> that we spent a lot of time yeah. in. This is like nothing. There's like nothing. Falcor has like a little base that he like. He also can't stand. He can only lay. Thought that yeah, was really he's weird. Pretty awkward. I, I was never. That I dog. Never realized that dog has like, limp legs. Lay down. Why does he even have legs? Because he can't stand <laughs> on them or use them. No, and those elbows just kind of bend legs? forward weirdly. So if he could that. walk, it would look so great. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah, it would. I mean, like, Super there's just like not a lot here. There's like, there's not much to dissect. You don't see the old man who gives him the book. Do we even see him ever again? And no, then you ending, don't see his dad either. Where he, yeah, his father disappears. And then, like, at the ending, the whole dealio is he gets to ride the luck dragon dog thing in reality and chase the bullies into a dumpster. That, like, that shit seemed to come out of nowhere. It was you just know what like, I was thinking about that? It sprang into the real world. Yeah. It's not possible for him to have brought Falcor into the human world. So, what the kid did was he created a city in Fantasia, like his own city, and he put those bullies in Fantasia, too. Not that they were taken from the human world. They're still going to bully the fuck out of him when he gets back there. And when he tries to fight back, they're just going to kick the shit out of him worse because he's a slight little kid um, who obviously is even his dad knows he's a puss. Uh, so, yeah, I think he created that in in well, uh, the other world. that's not what I got from it. I thought it was no, real. No, me neither. I'm just making that shit up on the spot. But come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, I, like I don't mind the old man either with that mystery. And he obviously meant for the kid to leave with the book and... Yeah. Uh, maybe every time the old man reads the book he gets to become a part of it too and he loves that like that would be a really cool book if by the end it was like go scream out a window scream fuck you and we win uh any name will do you just got to scream at that time you could totally not pay attention and skip big sections and then just flip to that page and be like one sec and then you lean out the window and you're like aristocratic fudge <laughs> and then the empress is named aristocratic fudge until someone reads the book again <laughs> Like that's like the it. problem is is they there's so much explain log that it goes into this movie, but none of it leads to anything. It's like someone telling you a story that goes nowhere. And then I of wonder- course they title it Never Ending, which does not help <laughs> because I'm sure there's tons of jokes about that. Like cause it does feel long for the tiny amount of time, screen time that it has. Like it does feel like it's never gonna fucking end this thing. I don't get it. That's that's what they did. They made a short amount of time feel long. Yeah. Never ending. They wizard timed. I think they also made a couple of errors with flipping back and forth between the book and Bastion. Like there's one or two scenes where it goes to Bastion and he's like <gasps> The Empress <sighs> And then that back to the back to the book and I'm like, why? Well, fuck he yeah. just said he was going to see the empress and then she looks like an empress 
And well, then um, why device, take us out of it? Every time you do that, you remind us he's reading a book. Yeah, and then the device of that too worked. Other people have done it in so much in such a better way than this. Like Princess Bride does this beautifully. That's a comedy more so than whatever this is. Because I don't know what the fuck this is. I guess so. Maybe there should have been a a, a janitor character, and he would have been like, "Oh, (laughs) ah, this is too serious with kissing. I'll put it down." Peter Falk still was that Peter Falk or or Adam Sandler? That's almost Uncle Lewis. That movie is not that much older than this movie. I bet you Princess Bride's eighty nine, and what is this? Eighty five or eighty six? Eighty five. So this like, is 84. Yeah. This one's 84. Princess Bride is 87. So there you go. Three years and Princess Bride's a million times better because of the writing. I mean, the, there's nothing. The, the special effects in this, the actors, I guess, are... Well, no. The, <laughs> the, the, the characters, like The Rock and stuff and uh, the... The Rock. Nah. They're all like, they're all bad. I mean, Let's like, just be clear: it's rock biter. Before I don't that think kids. Sexual. That's also once again lazy name. His name is Rock Biter, and he bites rocks. What a fucking lazy writer this guy is. And the this other guy's, guy's name is Teeny like, Weeny, and he's Teeny Weeny. Is he eating? At, is he eating cereal as he's typing? Like this guy has like no put no effort into this. No effort. He's just like, he bites rocks and he's a big rock biter. Well, oh, that's a good let name. me tell you something that might make you feel uh, better, Colin. What? The, the the guy that wrote this book actually fucking called the movie Revolting. He asked him <laughs> not to put his name in the credits. He said they didn't understand his book at all. Um, apparently, I, two I of the biggest scenes them. of the book, the two, book. Of the, two of the most like biggest scenes of the book aren't even in the movie. They cut them. Oh, so... Um. So yeah, that guy and that guy did not like the boobies on the sphinxes. But let me tell you, counterpoint, I do like the boobies on the sphinxes. Yeah, we all thought that that uh, Atreyu would have gotten up there and looked up at those boobies and just been like, <laughs> "Oh, that's another thing we didn't talk about that made no fucking sense." Those stupid fucking sphinxes with the nipples that shoot you if you stand in like one specific spot for like too long. And why like, don't they shoot out of the nipples if they're going to have such yeah, great nipples? Yeah, that would nipples. make better sense. And be cooler. You might not and be as mad cooler. dying if you got shot by nipple lasers. And he just, lasers. Saw, be like, oh, he just saw what milk. they did, what they did to that first dude. And he's like, I'm going to try, like with like no thought put into it, right after that guy got killed. And then like goes and <laughs> freezes when the eyes open. He freezes. Like yeah. they start to open and he like doesn't do anything. He just stands there for the he longest time. He stares at them for so long before they open. It's actually overdone in the movie. He's like, look up, close it on the you, eyes, back down, you, look up, back you, down. Up. Keep looking at eyes. the closed eyes. Oh, now they're opening. Keep looking at them. Don't Left don't one, move. right one, left it's one, awful. right one. It's like, stop it. The directing and then, is like one. not Pick good one. in this either. <laughs> Then he, wait, but then he gets to the second gate, which is the snow mirror, where he sees Bastion and then just walks through it. So that one was really a problem. But then why is he with either. Bastion in the real world? Like that would at least been interesting and made sense if he would have walked in to Bastion's world and then taken Bastion through the thing into his world. Like you could have had something there, but like no, no he they had don't do to that. pass the second barrier, the jump scare. Yeah, and oh, then he yeah. came to the third gate, which was just like the first gate, just different colored sphinxes with the same pop and tits. Oh, yeah, Jesus. but they were cool. 
Yeah, they were cool. They talked to him. Stare at yeah. our tits. They're falling apart. Oh, yeah. And then they just disintegrate oh, in front of his face. I don't even understand what's going on. Like, when they're, the whole movie is being explained to you by the characters... And you still are like, don't know what's going on and don't care. That's not a good sign. Well, because nothing is happening. He's just being set up on missions to fail until he gets to that last one where he's told to go back to the beginning. And once again, this is like something we talk about a lot. If your audience is confused and lost, then they're no longer giving a fuck or paying attention. And they like, you, you cannot lose your audience by confusing them. Like, there's no. never a point anywhere in Princess Bride where you don't know what the characters are doing, why they're doing it, where they're going, what their plan is. They even I've talk just about one their year plan. of your they're life like, away. We got to come up with a plan to get into the castle. And then they, like, come up with a plan, and they go to the, the works. castle to get into it. And yeah. they know, you know why they're going to the castles? Because they're going to go to save the princess. Like, for God's sakes, this is, like, the simplest writing shit in the world. Like you cannot yeah, lose your the difference, audience. The difference being is that Atreyu is given actually no direction when he gets the the orders. He's told he can't take weapons for no reason, and yeah. that he just has to go find a cure. And here's the Orin, which will guide him. And he's like right on, and he just starts riding in a direction. I'm like that. That doesn't really make any sense at all, and that doesn't give me any confidence that we know where we're going. And uh, he's being chased, and he's he's eating with his horse, but then he's just going, going, going. And then when he gets there, now this isn't the right castle. Your princess is in another castle, and it's like, okay, we'll go there. No, no, it wasn't really here. Just some information, I guess. So it was kind of worthwhile, but not really, because we said you're going to have to grow some skills to get here through these gates, but you didn't really. You just kind of kept trudging forward. Anyway, it makes it like very unsatisfying, and then it all comes down to the big thing to defeat the nothing, which is an intangible thing, is <laughs> uh, is a name, and that's like. Lame and boring. Yeah, it's a little lame. And cheesy and like stupid. Like Bastion like, was right to question that it was him. Uh, that's the other thing too. You can't build up some big, huge fight scene. Like the Princess Bride, another example again, is he's looking for this six-fingered man or whatever. And then he finds him and they have this amazing battle. Like you can't set us up to have, to be like doing something and then not have payoff. There's no payoff in this movie. No. Whatsoever. With the wolf, there's no payoff. He kills it instantly after a 15-minute conversation. He kills it instantly. And then yeah. the other thing is you scream a name and then, then you succeed. It's like so stupid. There's nothing, there's no, there's nothing to overcome. And like Bastion was so tough to those bullies when he had a fucking dragon. I don't think that counts as him <laughs> facing that down himself. He's no. just getting revenge, right? A little bit of revenge and that feels really good, but... Yeah, exactly. What lesson is that? Is unrealistic. If kids, yeah. if kids bully you, go get a pit, buy a pit bull, and chase them with it. Like, what are they teaching children in this story? Yeah, yeah. and don't do that. Because I had a pit bull, and he was lame duck. He would not chase. Wow, you anything, have to get so. a, a violent one. Death. You can, you well, could like beat it and starve it, and then chase kids with it. <laughs> that's what you have to do. Fun. <laughs> or just get a chihuahua. They're nasty. There you Those go. ones are the little dogs. Do seem nasty? But anyways, <laughs> yeah, like it just like this thing goes nowhere. I'm surprised that Ellie made it through it. To be honest with you, she was probably like playing an iPad when you made her watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't remember her being too into it uh, when we watched it. It was kind of Hillary wasn't know? even into it, and she was excited about seeing this movie. 
Did she like the second one better? At least did she say? I cannot recall. I did not did not speak Didn't to her about her? the merits I'm, I mean, of it. I'm no. sure the second one's not great, but this it, one it's, it's got to be better than this. No, it's, be it's hot trash. It's hot. But, number two is even worse. But from what you showed me, because I think you showed me a clip that was at least more interesting than I guess it was only a minute or two. It did look more interesting, which is yeah, why I was saying earlier, like it's more of a drug movie. I think that's where they capitalized. They just kind of turned up the the crazy. That's turned fair. up the uh, the Alice in Wonderland type things. Why well, could have used a little bit more of that in this? Well, they absolutely put, they put the same budget into the Neverending Story too. They got big name power like Jonathan Brandis, um, but unfortunately, made for twenty five million, only brought in seventeen in the box office. So it was a yeah. I mean, and it I'm looked sure like from the trailer we watched, but I can't say if it was. Were they trying to play off? Um, the as the same characters the the uh, empress or whatever and the uh, the boy I believe the empress is in it it's not the same gal actor but then it's Bastion back and Atreyu is in it as well and then and Atreyu's the same guy it's not no the, he's none not of them are the same everyone's actor. different Atreyu is straight up um, Mexican yes he is Kenny Morrison I believe is his name Morrison. Chez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the guy who played um, The Flash in the 90s, John Wesley Ship, he plays uh, Bastion's dad because back in the real world, there's actually an impact with what Bastion is doing in the dream world in the real. Anyway, it's, you know what? Let's just not talk about that one anymore because fuck that. I don't think it's any good. One. So, yeah. like, <coughs> didn't we, we, we had a movie that we were talking about to do for Halloween. Does anyone remember what that movie was? Me and John said we wanted to see it, and Brent was like, that's kind of a horror. We could add it. So I Married West. an Axe Murderer. There you go. I yeah. forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. So, we're, yeah, that's October a, that's a great. Halloween. That's a great little lighthearted uh, mix-up there. We should put that right in the middle. It's okay. 90 minutes There's long. There's five I've weeks, right? Looked. It's 90 minutes long, yep. and it's, it's Mike Myers, and I can't remember... The, I, I always had a crush on the actress. That girl with plays, the curly hair. Yeah, her his love interest. And then he plays his own father. Um, head? Now! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about that. He also plays a poet who does like beat poetry at like coffee shops. Back when, yeah. back when like gourmet coffee shops were just kind of becoming a thing. That's when this movie got made. And so... Everybody goes and gets a latte and watches beat poetry. So that'll be funny. Um, and then what were the other movies, Brent, for October? Uh, well, the Evil Dead remake. Yep. So from, not the not the new, new one, obviously, but the original remake. From 2013. Um, 2013. And, and then, um, what was the other one I said? Sorry, shit. Um, John, do you remember? Uh, it wasn't a remake. No, it wasn't a remake. It was, oh, As Above, So Below. Which I have never seen. No, and it's great. And if you guys give me more picks, I'll take more picks. Well, yeah, um, another one, yeah, right? Uh, did you have something, John? Well, I don't really have it. I just know that uh, it was mentioned to me today by someone very special to Brent. And it was thought maybe that it would hold up, and it's called The Cell. <gasps> the Cell? Oh, with, 
Jennifer Lopez. And, she and, knows, Vince, she and knows. Vince Vaughn and, and D'Onofrio. And D'Onofrio, too. D'Onofrio plays the villain. Okay. Well, he plays he plays a very sick guy, and they go into his brain. Well, he's yeah. a serial killer who, like, kidnaps women. Visually, that movie was stunning. I remember that. Yes, visually it is. And it gets positive reviews. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, enjoying a lot of aspects of that movie. All right, movie. well, let's, let's throw that on then, too. That'll be on a short list. Then we'll need one more. Um, for well, one that I was thinking it. about was Zodiac. Because Zodiac, I know you guys aren't horror fans, but Zodiac is a... Uh, Are you talking about Fincher? David a, Fincher. Yeah. I love David Fincher's movies, and I love Zodiac. It, it, I remember it being three hours long. I remember it is. that. But it's long. got Jake. I don't Gyllenhaal. know if it's three, but it's, it's got Downey Robert Jr. Robert Downey Jr., Ruffalo, Chloe yeah, Sevigny. Great cast. Yeah. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Goose. Yeah, so in there. if that's Talk one that you guys were down with, I think yeah, that's absolutely. that rounds out the month then. It totally does. I think that's great. I think all of these picks are good, but uh, let's do. That's good. Maybe. I got two horror horrors in. We got a comedy. And we'll start with both the horror horrors. How's that? Oh yeah, we'll lay that up, well, and we'll we'll do Evil Dead remake on the first. We'll do As Above, So Below to release on the eighth. So I married an axe murderer. We'll make things a little lighter on the fifteenth. Then we'll hit the cell, which will be in the middle of horror and funny, and then Zodiac, which will be kind of a nice. There's a stabbing scene in the Zodiac that still bothers me to this day. It still bothers oh, me too, yeah. and like it's so funny yeah. because it, you you watching it funny. on the surface, you wouldn't think it would be. It's not, <laughs> it's not super bloody, no, or graphic. But it's there's terrifying. something about it. It just because it's not bloody and graphic, I think it feels more real. Yeah, because oh, that's that... what it would really look like if someone was stabbing somebody, and it it that that bothers me to no end that scene. Yeah. It's not cinematic. It almost just looks like it, it, it could be found footage. Like it's a documentary or something. Yeah, it's very yeah. difficult to... Um, yeah, know. well, very exciting then. No, it's um, going to be great. It's going to be great. I um, kind of like yeah. wanted to start with the comedy first because I feel like these movies have been such downers. I need a damn laugh, but I could do that on my own time. All right, well, I guess. why don't we, we start with know. So I Married an Axe Murderer. We'll get off with the light, then we'll do <laughs> Evil Dead uh, as above, so below, and then we'll wind up with sell in zodiac yeah let's let's do a comedy next for god's sakes <laughs> yeah that's right. a great idea all right like, i, I, don't yeah, know I like it's... that anyways because starting the month like the furthest from halloween we watch the most halloween movies if we do the first two horrors there okay so you want to move so if those... we do the comedy and then we do the evil dead remake then the cell yep then bump uh as above, so below, either to the second last or last, if you guys are down with the adjustments. I'll move yeah, the uh, as I'm above, so below to the last, because then that'll be the scariest, right? Yeah. Hey, which and one's one right? As above, seen. so below? Yeah. Yeah, let's put that The last. scariest is the Evil Dead remake. Oh. Really? Yeah. All that's right, then, the scariest. Then one. that's going on the 29th. As above, we'll so below last, will be then. second in the month. Okay. Booyah. Okay. You heard it here, folks. We actually have to get back, though, each and now uh, to the never-ending story and finish out the oh, review I of thought this. I, was, I thought you were... I think you've made it perfectly like, clear, clear, Colin, so you can go ahead and call it. Okay, I just assumed that we all hated it, so when you were saying we're going to move on from this one, I thought we weren't even going to do the head count, but yeah, it doesn't hold <laughs> up. It, it, I've never seen it before, but it's it's awful now watching it. It's, it's impossible, <laughs> like... 
I would have turned it off oh, had we not shit. been doing it for the show. So yeah, um, yeah you guys well, can go now. It's not doesn't hold up. <clears throat> um, I'll go next if that's all right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say this movie does not hold up. Uh, unfortunately, it's just. The nostalgia is a real thing. I think fondly of this movie, but I probably am remembering what I wish I could have seen rather than what I actually did see. <laughs> and so uh, that's not the best. Um, that's not the best thing. Um, but you know what? It just meanders too much in between scenes. The explain is awful. I'm guessing they did so much explain that um, because they didn't want to do more effects and to have things happening on screen with all these fantastical things would have been really costly and difficult and look bad. Um, and like some of the up close of these monsters and creatures that they have in this are really, really great. Um, and then when you see Falcor flying from far away, it's just not as good. And they do the uh, composite shots of, you know, you're riding Falcor with a big screen in front of you going that stuff. Even like Colin said before, I've seen movies do it way worse than that. So that stuff can be passable. But the really complex, almost claymation or, or animated stuff they do from from afar just always looks really trashy in this. So I'm I'm just going to have to go ahead and guess that it was um, a cost saving thing to go with more explain a log and less doing. But unfortunately, this is a movie picture show with moving pictures um, that I want to see things happening on screen and not be told all about them, even if it does kind of, you know, this movie's about reading a book. So and you can recognize it right away too, like when things are going explain a log is just the fucking worst it's just yeah. the worst no it's it's wasteful and you can you can you can account for some of the voiceover that's in this cuz he's reading a book and so that is all like on the level and really great um but at the end of the day uh it's just we need things to be happening in this movie for me to get behind them not just be told all the background then all the things are happening and then I still can't decide if what happens in this is all MacGuffin or not. Because it, it's part of the quest, but it doesn't... That's not how it, MacGuffin's supposed to work. <laughs> no. No. That's not... A MacGuffin not is, is just is a just because, right? Yeah. Like, like, there's something in this briefcase. There's something after us. There's whatever it is. It's just... It's a, it's a fucking... It's whatever you need in the moment. Just just a plot device to move the the story forward. So I guess like that he's just sent on this wild goose chase and it leads him one place just to get the next bit of info. I don't know. I just don't like it. How about that? I don't like it anymore. And so great for the fantastical stuff. I love the the shot this took with all the different character types, big head people, skinny people, like human form, non-human form. Great way to take a swing at that. And uh, some of the... Uh, um, models and stuff like that used are, are just great, but unfortunately, not gonna get into the never-ending story again. It has ended for me. Goodbye, Brent. What do you got? Um, <clears throat> doesn't hold up. Uh, this movie's not good. Even the author <laughs> of the story thought it was not good. Yeah, uh, it's big time unfortunate. I want to like it because it has that nostalgia for me. Um. And I'll remember it fondly, you know. Yeah. Like an old friend before the addictions type thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, remember how he used to be? That's what this movie is to me now. Yeah. Oh, it's, I thought you were going to say the other way, where you like him better because his addictions. You're like, huh? Before the addiction, I wasn't a fan. Now well, you're stuff. right in the <laughs> sense of I like this movie better with drugs. 
Yeah, that's true. And I, I, I couldn't do enough drugs to enjoy but it. But you need heavier drugs to enjoy it, yeah. I will say, I'll pay this movie the compliment that I think it has a place in history the same as other big movies that did big things. And, and the fact that this this took a big swing well, sure, yeah. in the dreaming that it did and what it tried to do. it just I think it was just be ahead of its time technology-wise. And I'm going to guess that behind that its time story-wise. Yeah, I think the I think because they couldn't show as much as they wanted, that's why they they limited themselves um, and made it all explain a lot. Or maybe they're just shitty filmmakers. I don't know, but yeah, that that's a big thing. <laughs> I, I would disagree with that though, because first of all, the sequel did so terribly. Like yep. this isn't a Back to the Future where like it came out and like it was a gigantic success and it had like multiple sequels and like Michael J. Fox is probably known even more for Back to the Future than he is for Family Ties, which he was on for like a decade. This is not that. This is maybe maybe the year it this came out. This isn't that to you, but you don't understand. Like, well, Back to the Future is big and bigger. Yeah, that's sure. actually a good movie. But, you got to pick something this that's movie, not good, but still has that place in history. That's what this I'm movie is. Yeah, I agree this with you. This isn't an exorcist either. Like, it's just like, I feel like. No, but this, this movie was a pivotal moment in history. It was groundbreaking in effects for its time. Yep. And it held a serious portion of society, especially at that time when you have way less media you have a higher percentage of people looking at the same media. So this became like ubiquitous through our culture. And this wasn't a big Hollywood Look at all the references to this. This was a foreign film, basically. This was probably a huge hit on VHS and stuff, too. A huge, insane. Yeah, insane. So so it's important. There's even a band. There's a band named Atreyu after this fucking movie. Metal. Good band. Good band. A good band. All right, well, uh, folks, we are going to get into So I Married an Axe Murderer Head. next now. week. Uh, more, more Shrek voice. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we'll get oh, on to yeah. that be and then get on with the rest of October and horror month. Some horror, some thriller, nice little mixy mix, and we'll get that into your ear holes as the month progresses. So, uh, folks, thanks for joining us for the never-ending podcast, and um, it's going to end now. So thanks for coming out for this (laughs) one. We'll check in the next one, and until then, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.